Alexa Von Tobel, founder and CEO of LifeFest, says, A good financial plan is a roadmap that shows us exactly how the choices we make today will affect our future. Hmm, interesting. What do you think that means? Just really something that we've continued to hit home this season is life is all about planning. Mm-hmm. And I think that's pretty fitting for our episode this week, um, which will be all about credit, its importance, and also some common misconceptions that have come along with the whole credit credit score thing. Let's get into it. This is Walla Watch, brought to you by MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union. I'm your host, Devante. And I'm Catherine. All right, so before we get into all the details and everything, let's just do a quick overview of what credit is. Do you have like a quick definition that you like to give out to people to describe it? Yeah, I think like our overall department definition is your reputation for paying people back. So those obligations that you agree to, how well you're meeting them. Yeah, okay. I like that you use the word reputation. It can makes it a little bit easier to understand. Like if you, if I come to you and I ask if I can borrow a hundred bucks to buy a new pair of shoes and I don't pay you back when I come back to you the next year or whatever to ask to borrow $500 to buy a new computer, you're probably not going to trust that I'm going to pay you back. So credit is that on a bigger scale. Right. Purchasing bigger items. Okay. So let's start with talking a little bit about what people think about credit. I feel like there are a lot of feelings out there. Growing up myself, I was kind of told to be like weary of credit just because there I mean it's true there are mistakes you can make that can really affect your future financial decisions mm-hmm. um, and your financial situation let's talk about like well, why people might feel that way some different ways people feel and just to get started I think one that's common that may not be said out loud is viewing credit as free money you know when you ask most people like what do you think of credit and things like that you probably won't get the term, oh, it's free money that I can just use how I'd like to use it. Mm-hmm. However, if you go to the store with that person, it may be um, a different story. Yeah. You know, and how this can be seen as far as using it as free money is like all of your purchases, things like that, you don't necessarily plan for them. But if you want it, pull out that credit card, I'm going to swipe it and I'm going to get it. Yeah. Well, this can become something that's very dangerous if when that amount of money is due, it's not getting paid off. Right. You know, you're going to start to incur interest and the minimum payment demon. Mm-hmm. Um, we just keep paying the minimum payment, but the actual amount that you owe on it never goes anywhere. Yeah. I feel like this is thinking of like the free money. It's an easy trap to fall into when people turn 18 or just people who You know, if you shop a lot, I feel like every store you go into, when you check out, they say, do you want to save an extra whatever percent by opening up a store card today? Mm -hmm. Um, And there's not a lot of, there's no education there. I used to work at a big department store in college, and I would just ask everybody if they wanted to open a card. I had no idea what credit was at that time or like how that worked really. And sure, some people were familiar with it, but there were other like younger college students that it was their first time dealing with any sort of credit. Um and they don't realize the impact it can have and like what fees are all associated with it and what that, what do you call it, the minimum payment demon? Yes. Like how that works and things like that. So maybe it seems like free money and a great thing up front, but you really have to educate yourself because it's going to stick with you for your life. Definitely. That education is extremely important and oftentimes it's not necessarily something that comes along with the credit card. Like, right. Can you think of any other like ways that someone may view credit? So I kind of alluded to this in the intro, but growing up, I always kind of had the outlook that like credit's bad. Like if you have money, buy it with your cash, 
why borrow money to buy something, kind of. And that credit can just get you into a lot of trouble. It wasn't until I got a little bit older and started educating myself and like learning, I did you know, learn from the people in my life about credit, but then really when I started working at the credit union and learning about how it can positively help you, that I really got a better idea of like how it works. But it's important to know how it can help you with your future purchases. Definitely, I think that with mostly anything, um, there are negative sides to it and mm -hmm. there are positive sides to it. But sometimes when you only get that one side teaching, then you can really look down on it. And I think that we have a wonderful job as financial educators to kind of give people the positive sides of fiscal responsibility, so to speak. Yeah. Um, specifically related to viewing credit as overall bad, I think it's, it's interesting because you can get that concept from your parents or from someone that may teach you about how credit is supposed to go and sometimes we can take our own life experiences and put it off on someone else thinking that we're warning them or warranting them off from whatever it is that that item may be but really it's a lack of education yeah that may come with it yeah and the other way that I can see credit being viewed as a way to access capital so I know like people that are in business, especially like real estate businesses and things like that, um, they rely heavily on credit to be able to access capital to, um, while I'm working on this project, trying to fix up this house, I'm going to go out and look for another house and start that process with that one. Yeah. You know, they may be in limbo and things like that. And, you know, you may not have 200K on hand. Mm -hmm. So maybe through having a successful business, you're able to get that line of credit that could help you out. Yeah. But of course, that's like another way of looking at credit. But I think that that takes a lot of education, a lot of learning, and understanding how it all works together yeah. before you really venture off into seeing credit as just a way to access capital. But also when you're buying a vehicle, if I don't have the money right now, like. If I wanted a $20,000 car, do I have $20,000 sitting in my account that I'm willing to just go ahead and spend in one lump sum? Because mm -hmm. that's important to know too, just because you have 20 grand doesn't mean that you want to spend it on a vehicle. Right. Yeah. Um, something that's going to be worth less when you drive off the lot. <laughs> right. So maybe you may need an auto loan or something like that. Yeah. So let's talk about some common misconceptions things people do or don't do that they think will help their credit but don't actually do anything? I think one of the biggest ones I've heard is that you have to carry a balance month to month on your credit card in order for someone to, uh, I shouldn't say someone, in order for the credit bureaus to know that it's an active account. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely not the case. Um, and what I mean by balance is carrying a amount that you owe from month to month. Just to show that, oh, I'm using my credit card and it should be a positive impact to my credit. Okay. Really, if I purchase some gas tomorrow and I pay it off the day after that, that's still gonna be listed as something that's active on my credit and it's still gonna be a positive impact to it. Mm -hmm. Even more so, we'll get into how the credit score is calculated but that helps out with my amounts owed category if I'm not necessarily reporting a balance. Mm -hmm. But in reality, like if you just use your card once a month for something like gas and then pay it off, 
it's keeping the card active and that's all that the credit bureaus would need to see and that future lenders might need to see. They don't need to see that your balance is fluctuating, you're charging a lot and then paying it off from month to month. Right. Um, just making sure that the card's open and active uh, is really the biggest thing. So you want to use your card maybe like at least once a year to make sure it stays active and doesn't go dormant or anything, um, but you don't have to use it for every single purchase. Correct. I agree. What about you? Can you think of any uh, misconceptions? So I feel like one big one is that you have to hire a company to deal with if there's like a dispute on your credit card or on a loan that you have to hire a professional company to help you deal with it. So that's not necessarily true. If there's something you don't agree with or that you think might be reporting incorrectly, you can reach out to that company, that bank or credit union or whatever it might be that you had the loan or the credit card with and try and figure it out on yourself. If you hire a company, it's gonna they're going to charge you extra more than likely to get to the same results. So it's not required to hire a company to deal with that. Exactly. So credit is used for more than just you purchasing something that you can't afford at that time. Mm -hmm. um, when we think about what credit can be used for, not only loans, but getting that first apartment or getting an apartment period, getting um, utilities turned on in your name. Mm -hmm. It can be used for that too. Mm -hmm. Insurance rates and all the way down to employment. So certain employers are going to use that credit report as a basis for hiring someone because, mm -hmm. you know, we said it's your reputation for paying people back. Mm -hmm. As an HR professional, I'm sure you'd like somebody with the best reputation working for you. Right. One thing with all those is that it might not necessarily keep you from getting a job, but if it comes down to you and another applicant, for the, the job scenario at least, that might be the make it or break it. So you have very similar education and work experience and your resumes are very similar, but if it comes down to pulling credit and one person has great credit versus someone who doesn't have credit or doesn't have great credit, that might be the, the make it or break it in that scenario. And then with like utilities, maybe if you don't have any credit, if you don't have that credit to vouch for you, um, they might charge you like a deposit or a little bit more on your monthly bill. So it might just cost you a little more money. Exactly. All right. And then what about parts of a credit score? Like how was it all made up? So there are five different things that calculate your credit score or that the credit bureaus look at to calculate your credit score. So the first one and the one that makes up the biggest portion of that is payment history, which makes up 35% of your credit score. Mm -hmm. And I think that makes a lot of sense given the definition that we mentioned a little bit earlier in the episode that credit is your reputation for borrowing money and then paying it back. So the biggest part of your credit score is the paying it back portion. But the reason for that is that um, it speaks a little bit to your ability to make payments on time and if you have the capital to make the payments back. So we talk about collateral, character, and capacity when you know someone's looking at taking out new credit and so the first one character is are you the type of person that's gonna be responsible enough to make your payment on time and make that a priority the next one um, capacity is do you have enough money right like do you have the income to make that payment back or are you spread a little too thin and then the last one is collateral so some loans have like an auto loan has a big item tied to it, like a car. And so that's not really related to the payment history, but that's another thing that a potential lender might look at if they're reviewing a loan application is if the collateral is worth the amount that you're asking to borrow. So something for uh, payment history, I also wanna say that missing one payment 
can lower your score by as, by as much as 100 points. And that is especially effective when you're talking about really starting to build credit. Mm -hmm. It can really, really be a hindrance to you. So the next largest portion of how your credit is made up is going to be amounts owed. Okay. And that is 30% of that calculation. And what amounts owed is the relation of how much credit you have available. So think about the amount or the limit that you have on that credit card, let's say, versus how much it is that you owe. And the lower your balance versus your limit, the better reflection it is on your credit. If you have a higher balance and it's almost at the limit, it can show creditors that maybe you're using credit as um, an extension of your lifestyle instead of working it within your budget and within your lifestyle. So what would you recommend for like credit card utilization? Like what do you think is the target for how much you should use? So in my research and um, just looking at how my own credit may move, um, I found that 30% or lower as far as using your credit, utilization of your credit, is going to be ideal, but you definitely don't want to go over 50%. Okay. So I think having a target like 30 to 50% is a really good way to make sure your credit usage stays in check because it can be difficult for people to, you know, not max out their credit cards. And like you said, using your full limit makes it show like you're living, kind of living beyond your means and you're relying a little too heavily on your credit card balances. I like having that target 30 to 50%. Okay, so the next portion of our credit is going to be the length of credit history. Woo! And... I like to say that length of credit history is pretty much the category that we have the least amount of control over because we can't manipulate time and make it go faster or slower or anything like that. Mm -hmm. If you find out, let me know, send me an email. <laughs> um, I got a few things I need to go back and do. However, um, with length of credit history is basically saying how long you have those credit accounts established. Mm -hmm. As long as you're keeping them established and in good standing then you'll start to see that length of credit history starts to um, positively impact you as you continue to keep those cards open. Yeah, very good. So like if I have a credit card, let's say I have one that I don't use anymore, should I close that credit card, do you think, or should I leave it open? So this is actually like a dilemma that I had um, when I opened up my account with the CU, Credit Union, um, my card that I had previously it had a really high interest rate but I had just got the card in case of emergencies or whatever so I was like okay I'm just gonna close this out they were like you know hold on hold on let's not just go closing things out like this was your first credit account established if you close it out it's definitely gonna be a negative impact on your credit because it's going to affect that length of credit history mm -hmm. as well as that amounts old category and all that's 45 percent of how your credit score is made up. Mm -hmm. So instead of me closing it out, I just literally just make a um, purchase with it like every 12 to 18 months. And then I go in and I pay it right off. But that keeps that account active. Mm -hmm. It keeps that looking good on my amounts owed. And it keeps looking good on my length of credit history. Okay, awesome. So the next one we're gonna talk about is types of credit. So when we're looking at different types of credit, there are a few different things. Um, so there are installment loans, which are things that have an end date in sight. 
So like an auto loan, car loan is usually an installment loan because you know after X number of payments, it's gonna be paid off and closed. But then there are other types of credit like credit cards are revolving lines of credit. So that's the idea that you have a limit, you buy things on it and then you pay it down. And then once you pay it down, you have that limit available again. So it kind of is like a revolving door as you purchase things and pay things off, the amount you have available fluctuates. So having like a healthy mix of installment loans and revolving credit can help help your credit score. Lenders wanna see that you're experienced with different types of credit and able to do that. So that's kind of types of credit. And that makes up 10% of your credit score. And then the last one we have here is new credit. So that also makes up 10% of your credit score. And new credit refers to like taking out new loans, opening up new credit cards. Those things shorten your length of credit history a little bit. So it's kind of related to that one Devante talked about. But then also if you are applying for a new loan, or a new credit card, they wanna see how you handle that new loan or that new credit card before they approve an additional one. Because of course with each new open line of credit, there's usually a new payment involved which can impact your budget from month to month and things like that. So new credit and having inquiries on your credit report um, makes up about 10%. So something, a question that I often get in presentations and things like that, which I think is something that we can kind of answer here as well, is how do you really get started to build credit? Mm -hmm. um, what I always tell people is that don't start to establish credit until you know that you're ready. So really establish a budget with just your own cash so you can make sure that you can work all of your bills and things like that into it before you even add something like a credit card into it. Mm -hmm. Um, and then once you know, okay, I'm good with money, I don't just view it as something I just need to spend, then you can kind of think, okay, maybe I'm ready for a credit card. Yeah. Or maybe I'm ready to start to establish credit. Okay. And I will say that my first item was a credit card. Um, once I knew, okay, I had the idea that I was, I didn't just view money as something I could just spend and it just grows out in the back on trees. Mm-hmm. But then I started to establish a credit card. And then, well, you know, my second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth accounts were student loans. <laughs> but that's beside the point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but a credit card is a good good way to kind of get your feet wet. Because you have control over, like, what you add to it. Hopefully you've been practicing good money habits so far with budgeting and having not spending every cent you earn. And so with a credit card, you have control over how much you charge to it and then ultimately how much the payment will be because of that. So you can keep it kind of low to kind of get started and then after that, a lot of times people will then go, you know, of course student loans are a reality for a lot of people um, and then maybe a car loan and then eventually a lot of people take out home loans and those are usually large payments because it's a large amount that you're taking out. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so you want to make sure you're practiced at all those things and have experience with credit. Definitely. And another question is, why do you think that so often a credit card is recommended as the first credit account that you establish? I know you kind of alluded to it with saying that you really have the most control of your payments. Mm -hmm. And also a credit card is one of those um, credit accounts where it doesn't have a end date necessarily. So when you're thinking about an auto loan or a mortgage, even a mortgage, even if it's 30 years, there's an end date in sight. Mm -hmm. um, I can open up a credit card tomorrow and have it for the rest of my life. Hopefully I live more than 30 more years. <laughs> um, 
but I can open it up tomorrow, have it for the rest of my life, and mm -hmm. it'll continue to affect my length of credit history as well as that amount to owe category and all of that. Right. So another common question is, what are some mistakes that people make with credit? What are some big mistakes that can really hurt your credit score? Well, we already talked about one earlier, and that's late payments. And in addition to it being able to lower your score by as much as 100 points, it will take about 24 months, which is two years, in order for those points to really recalibrate to your credit score. Okay, so really driving home the point that payments on time are really important. And then another one is maxing out your credit card. So it's not, we've talked about this a lot during the episode, it's not free money. This is money that you will have to pay back, possibly with interest if you don't pay it off by the due date. So avoid charging things to your credit card that you can't afford to pay off when you get that bill and there's a payment owed. Yeah, increasing your limit is not an increase in your finances. That's <laughs> right. All right, so to wrap up, what are some last minute points of thought that we should end with? So one of the big things is really the difference in being late as far as your credit score is concerned. So what I like to call um, being late as far as your the credit score is concerned is that's intentionally late. So let's say I have a credit card and my payment was due five days ago. Well, if I pay it today, my credit card company is most likely going to charge me a late fee if I don't have a grace period. Mm -hmm. However, they're not going to then turn around and report me as late to the credit bureaus because as far as your credit score is concerned, it's 30 days or more delinquent. Um, so 30 days or more of not meeting that payment that you need to meet in order to be considered late. Um, one thing I want to point out in closing, we talked a little bit about the definition of credit, but there are two different things that you might hear. So the first one is credit report, and the other one is your credit score. Um, there is a difference there. So your credit score is just a three-digit number um, that is a quick snapshot of your credit performance. So how well you borrow money and then pay people back. And it can range from 300 all the way to 850. And the higher the score, according to the credit bureaus, the more reliable you are um, when it comes to credit matters. Your credit score for future loans will help determine what interest rate you'll get. So the higher your credit score, usually the lower your interest rate will be. So it'll potentially save you money there. The credit report, on the other hand, is kind of like the meat and potatoes of your credit. So that's a document. <laughs> <laughs> so that's an actual report and it lists out all your current and previous lines of credit, any credit cards you've had in the past, auto loans, mortgages, all of that good payment history or bad payment history sometimes. Um, it'll include like collections if you have any, um, bankruptcies if you have any, and it's really just a more detailed picture of how of your credit. Um, so your credit report contains all that information and everything on that goes into what that three-digit credit score number is. So there's a difference there. They're related, but they're used for different things and contain different information. And if you would like a full detail of you know all that's on your actual report, you are entitled to one free copy of your credit report from each of the three credit bureaus, which is Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian. And you can get that from annualcreditreport.com. And kind of what our small recommendation is, is that you pull it, pull one report every four months to keep a total picture and look of what your credit is looking like, of what that credit report is looking like throughout the year. Mm -hmm. And then the last recommendation we have here is automatic payments. 
there are multiple different ways, of course, that you can, you can have automatic payments. Maybe that's what you do solely all the time. Um, I know myself, I like to make like manual payments. I just like to check things and, and go in and actually transfer the money myself so I know it's done. But one recommendation that we have is to set up automatic payments regardless. And that way, if there is a month that you have a lot going on or you're really, really busy, you know that there's that safety net of having an automatic payment to at least transfer the minimum payment that's due so it won't be delinquent. You can avoid that. Right. And late fees because you don't get a smile right. or a thank you or anything like that for paying late fees. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, and now it's time for the CU Spotlight. At MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union, we are always looking for ways to educate individuals on the importance of smart money management. WalletWatch is one of the great ways that we are able to do that. But if you're itching to learn more, we have additional resources that you are able to utilize for free. Financial 4.0 is a free app and website that offers users access to their own personalized budget tracker, financial quizzes, published articles, weekly tips, and more. It's a fun and interactive way to learn about money and taking control of your finances. If you are interested in learning more, visit financial40.org or find us in your app store by searching Financial 4.0 for MSU or Financial 4.0 for OU. Wallet Watch is written, hosted, and produced by Katherine Hurth and me, Devontae Montgomery. Our executive producers are Whitney Anderson Harrell and Lauren Kalarzik. Wallet Watch is brought to you by MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union. You can find more episodes of this show at our credit union's website, financial40.org, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in our next episode.